welcome, friend. I'm going to make the case today that we need to keep a strong hand at the helm of our ship. And that hand is our speech, our tongue. Our tongue is a barometer of everything that's happening on the inside and frankly our internals what's going on on the inside shape our externals our external world is shaped by our internal world welcome friend this is Jesus Smart the podcast episode number 52 and the horizon that we're focusing on and questing after is that Jesus knows how this life works best in the now, the future belongs to him, and we are starting to experience that future in the present. It's available. You can hear the first two episodes in this series called Achieve. Episode number 50 was with Joshua Falto, High Def Living for a New Season, and episode 51, Tom Schwab, Gratitude powers higher achievement. This is number three in the series called Achieve. I'm flying solo today. This series is focusing on what the research says, blending gratitude and an abundance mindset. And I'm going to mention a new phrase, an abundance heart set, because we not only need abundance thinking, we need an abundance emotional life. But blending abundance and gratitude with envisioning the next season in your life, planning and setting strategic and tactical goal setting that you can execute on, move the needle and advance toward a better future, a future which is more in alignment with your story, with your personal narrative, with the higher design that's available over your life from above. You know, we have that available. James said that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. He's a good God. David said in Psalm 139 that there is a book, and in this book there are pages, pages written, the days that are ordained for us. God thinks thoughts about us. He has written pages, and we need to pray those pages We need to say those pages. We need to play those pages. By play, I mean execute on those pages. You say, what's on those pages? We don't know everything. We know some things, and maybe we have desires and passion and instinct, and maybe we have promptings and senses from the Holy Spirit, but there's much on those pages that we don't know. We probably know less than we do know, and the exciting news is that we can pray it, say it, play it, ask God for more of it, ask for a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Christ, which includes knowledge about yourself, your own identity, your own destiny. Well, let's get right into it today. My friend, if we're going to move into a preferred future, and what I mean by that is the story and narrative that the grand designer has for us, as we begin to pick that up more accurately and move into it more deeply, we realize that we're actually being 
connected to our deepest core desires and passions and sense of destiny that we may not really be in touch with at the given moment. I think it's a progressive unfolding and really a revelation of who we are to be, what we are to do. But a key part of this is our speech. When you really look at what the scriptures say about our tongue, for example, if you were to read the book of Proverbs and grab a highlighter, grab your favorite color, and and just work through Proverbs chapters 1 to 31 and highlight every verse that says anything about speech or your tongue or your words, it's an amazing exercise and the wisdom just in that book about our speech. But there's other key passages, and one of those you're probably familiar with if you're if you spent any time in the Bible, is James chapter 3. And let me read James chapter 3, verses 2 to 4. James says, We all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect person, able also to bridle the whole body or like your whole life. And perfect here is a a Greek word, a New Testament Greek word, which means complete, reaching an end, soundness, being whole. And we all have this deep instinct to complete things and to be complete and to succeed and to close out seasons and reach an end and enter new seasons. And we really want our entire life to be complete in the Lord. It's really amazing how the New Testament speaks of us being complete in Christ. We can access that and really flesh that out and work that out in a practical way. Verse 3 says, Indeed, we put the bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body, the whole massive strength of that animal, can be controlled by that small bit in the horse's mouth. Look also at the ships, verse 4. Although they are so large and driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. That's the New King James. The New American Standard says, wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. The Amplified says, the impulse of the helmsman determines. Look at that word, wherever. I mean, what spaces and places do you need to get into? That is your wherever. Yes, it can be geographics, but wherever is more than geographics. It may be something you're meant to do, something you want to do, something you're wired to do, some realm of influence that you want to penetrate and begin to exert the influence of your life in. Wherever, what spaces and places do you need to get into? What are you assigned to? What is God asking you to do? What do you know that if you die without doing this, you will have missed something in your time on this earth? What is your inclination? What are your desires? Let's read this passage in the message, the message, Eugene Peterson. It's sort of, it is a paraphrase. It's a paraphrase on steroids. Listen to this. None of us is perfectly qualified. We get it wrong nearly every time we open our mouths. (laughs) Isn't that true? That's my own parentheses there. If you could find someone whose speech was perfectly true, you'd have a perfect person in perfect control of life. A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship 
in the hands of a skilled captain captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. A word can I just read that last sentence again? A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. I mean, I'm just reminded in the moment of Gabriel's words to Mary and Luke. I think it's Luke chapter 1, maybe verse 36. She asks, how can these things be? You know, the incarnation, the birth of Christ, Christ coming into her womb. Gabriel says, for with God, nothing is impossible. In the original language, there is not one rhema or spoken word of God that is impossible to be fulfilled. Every word that God speaks, and then as you echo those words, every thought from God that comes to you, and as you embrace that thought, and then begin to give expression to that thought, inherent in that thought, inherent in that word, built into it, is the energy, the DNA, and the power to manifest what the thought is expressing. Nothing is impossible. So, my friend, what is your inclination? What do you want? What is your will set? What is your will set to do? How strong is your desire? Do we need to increase the intensity of desire? We should try to touch on this sometime in some conversation with someone, but the Bible seems to indicate that intensity of desire is a key to getting into certain levels, getting into certain spaces. What do you want? Do you have high resolution or is your life, do you feel like it's low resolution? Do you have clarity? I mean, I'm amazed when Jesus approached these blind men. They were saying, son of David, have mercy on us. These two blind men sitting by the road. Everybody knew they were blind. They're sitting by the road. Son of David, have mercy on us as he's passing by. And he comes up to them and he says, what do you want me to do for you? Now, isn't it obvious? They're blind. They've been blind for so long. They're sitting by the road as blind people crying out, son of David, have mercy. And he asked them, what do you want? He wanted them to express their intention, to express their desire, to articulate what they wanted from the Lord. Someone said recently in a book that I was reading that even deeper than their need for physical sight to be restored was their need for them to be clear on what they wanted. You know, and I was, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this, and sometimes we can be in a state, an undesired state for so long. We're just beaten, you know, we're stuck in this orbit around some physical issue, or maybe it's a financial issue, or social, relational mental, emotional, whatever it may be, career, ministry. And we're, and we're like stuck around this planet. We're stuck in this orbit for so long that we lose our desire and passion to be loosed from it. And we have to really increase the intensity of our desire. We may have just given up on hope, but we need to increase the intensity of our desire and our intentionality the strength of our will, and begin to, again, articulate to the Lord what we need, what we want, getting clear on it, getting high resolution instead of 
low resolution. And I don't, I don't know what that could be for you. I mean, I could sit down with a, with a, a pad of paper and a pen or a journal and I could begin to, you know, articulate what those realms may be for me. Things that I've uh, need to get in touch with again, or need to dial up desire and passion for again. And I want to encourage you to get intense in your desire to get very clear on what you want. We're talking about speech and my friend, my friend, the clearer our speech is, the more high resolution and consistent and fidelity with our tongue. If we have a high fidelity faith expression with our tongue, we are going to be better positioned, better positioned to experience what the Lord wants to bring. I want to interject this. This is not on my notes. So some of this is spontaneous right now, and that's good not to be so highly scripted. Nothing happens, it's been said, nothing happens in the kingdom of God without declaration. Nothing happens without declaration. Think of it. Really, everything that's been created was declared by God. Hebrews goes on to say that all things are upheld by the word of his power. Not only have they been created, but they continue to be sustained and upheld by the word of his power. Hebrews 1. Verse 3, why you can't even be born again without opening your mouth and saying something. Romans 10, 9 and says, Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that with the heart, a person believes and with the mouth, they confess unto salvation and unto righteousness. Your very born again experience, being reconnected with God through Christ, being requalified for the kingdom now, being restored and really being reorientated towards that Edenic, that Garden of Eden dynamic in your life is triggered by heart belief and confession of mouth. Now, can I, can I suggest to you, friend, that that is like an operating system that is sort of like software, an operating system that's downloaded into us when we are born again, and that we need to continue to move forward with the Lord, with this dynamic of heart belief and confession of mouth, For all things, speaking to mountains, a word of healing, a word of knowledge, a word of prophecy, a word of discernment, prayer, and then speaking, making declarations and registering things in the spirit realm with the Lord that are eternal in nature. Frankly, we'll we'll touch on this. Prayer is eternal. Our words are eternal. And we register these things with the Lord And we begin to partner with God, connecting heaven with earth and getting things done, moving the needle, getting things moving in the right direction on the earth, in us, through us, and in our sphere of influence. So I want to encourage you. I want to talk about the rudder. James 3 verse 4 says that our tongue is like a rudder. A rudder on a ship is beneath the waterline, and it's what steers the ship. And James says in verse 4 that even though that ship is huge, You may think that, man, I got a lot of big issues. There's a ton of stuff going on in my life. Yeah, your life ship, if you will, is big. I understand that. And you may say, boy, the winds are really strong. There's winds blowing and I've got circumstances around me. And, you know, there's people in my life and they have their own will. And there's circumstances and situations that I'm dealing with. Those are like the winds. I understand that. But I want to talk to you about a stronger wind. Then all of those wins, James or, or John 3, 8, Jesus said, John 3, 8, that you hear the sound of the wind 
and you don't know where it's coming and where it's going, but you can feel the effects of it and the power of it and the energy of it. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. We can draw down and position ourselves and receive the wind of God from above that is stronger than all of these other winds. But again, your tongue is a rudder. And I want to encourage you to get in the rudder zone and stay there. Don't let your life, don't be AWOL at the helm where you're on the ship, your life is the ship, but you're really not at the helm or maybe you're not there consistently enough or maybe your hand on that helm is not not strong enough. An amazing statement in Proverbs 8.21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. In Proverbs 12, verses 13 and 14, the wicked is ensnared by the transgression of his lips, but the righteous will come through trouble. A man will be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. Proverbs 13, verses 2 and 3. Remember I said to go through Proverbs and highlight verses that pertain to this? Well, these are just a couple key verses, but the scriptures are big on words and speech. Proverbs 13, verses 2 and 3. A man shall eat well by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the unfaithful feeds on violence. He who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. Friend, I wanted to pull away from our conversation for just a moment, encourage you to go to the show notes page for this episode. You may be listening on iTunes or any, you know, Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite podcast listening options. By the way, this podcast is now on something called Intune. Intune, which is a big old platform full of podcasts, radio, music, news, sports, and Jesus Smart the Podcast is now on. Oh, it's called TuneIn. I'm sorry. Tune in. Spotify, Stitcher, other listening options, Podbean, YouTube. Encourage you to check out all of those options. But wherever you're listening, go to the show notes page at jesusmart.com. And there, there's an opportunity to sign up for an e letter, a free e letter. The quest there with this e letter is to create next level ideas as we journey with Jesus, next level thoughts and ideas as we journey with Him and practice, practice how to develop as an apprentice of Christ, an apprentice of his kingdom. We're also creating something. It's a seven email course. It's an email course, seven emails every couple days that come to you, totally free on this theme of Achieve, blending gratitude, abundance mindset, abundance heart set, heart set with reflection, planning, some smart tactical goal setting for that next season. Right, I just think that Jesus people, Christ followers, can go with goal setting to a, a new level, a new elevated level. Now, let's get back to the dialogue with myself, right? Because there's no one else talking with me today. I'm having a dialogue with myself, okay? Well, let's get right back at it. You know, that word helmsman in James uh, 3, 4 is a Greek word, which means one who directs or makes straight. It's used there and it's used again in John, the gospel of John, where the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to question John, John the Baptist. And he says, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight, there's that word, make straight the way of the Lord. 
You see, my friend, so all of the issues of our life, if you want to go deeper, if you want to go farther, if you want to go faster with Jesus, if you want to run your race to win it, all of the issues of our life are meant to be the reflection of a greater issue, a bigger issue. And what is that? That the knowledge and the glory of the Lord would be manifest to you, in you, through you, the story and the glory of God, that you would make straight the way of the Lord in your life, that you would open up a space where his glory and story will come through stronger and clearer. That is a helmsman. That is one who directs or makes straight. Now, I, with all of this, if all of this is true, I think we have to say this. I think we have to agree that a high-level tactic of our adversary is to keep us out of what we could call the helmsman mode. Remember I said to get in the helmsman zone or the pilot zone? Stay in that helmsman mode. You're the pilot of the ship. He'll seek. He'll try to distract us. He'll try to get our rudder out of the water, above the waterline where it's not effective. And then what happens? We become vulnerable to winds and to drifting. He'll tempt us. He'll push us around. He'll shove us around and he'll try to get us to use our tongue, our rudder in a destructive way. You know, James 3, James 3 is amazing. It's, it says in verse 6, if you go on to read it, that our tongue can like spark a forest fire. You can spark destruction in your life with your tongue. The tongue has like this bigger than life effect. This like out of scale or out of proportion impact in our life for good or for bad. James says the tongue is a small part of the body and yet it boasts of great things. See how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, the very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life, the course of our existence, and is set on fire by hell. Well, we don't want to go there. We don't want to spark hellish things in us and around us with our tongue. We want to give them heaven, right? You know, Dallas Willard is a great author, a great speaker. He taught at the University of Southern California, spirit-filled Southern Baptist on the faculty of USC in the philosophy department. He wrote and taught a lot about spiritual disciplines and spiritual renewal, a tremendous, went to be with the Lord a couple years ago. His one granddaughter, his one grandchild, I believe, at his funeral, at his funeral, she was 14 years old and she got up and she was just sharing about her her really special relationship with her grandfather, the times they had together. And right before he died in the hospital, he pulled her aside in the room and he said, give him heaven. Just give him heaven. And, you know, instead of giving him hell, give him heaven. Instead of giving your life hell by using that power of your tongue to spark hellish things in you, through you, around you, why not give your life heaven? Why not draw down heaven? Why not draw that into your life? Why not let that flow through your life to others? Why why not let it fill your personal world and overflow into the world at large around you? That sphere of calling, that, that, that sphere of concern and influence that you have. You see, spark your life for good, not the bad. So because we have this adversary, I think we just need to really be intentional, my friend, about these things. Have situational awareness. I mean, be sober. Don't, don't, don't sleepwalk. Don't let yourself be distracted and, and dull to what's going on around you. Have situational awa- awareness in the spirit, 
in the Holy Spirit, situational awareness, sensitivity, have long-term objectives, Uh, receive from the Lord what you feel he wants you to move towards and begin leaning into it and begin to get yourself in in a peak state of abundance thinking, an abundance heart set, and gratitude, even the secular research is saying this, and then begin to plan and lean forward and set goals and objectives and tactical steps to activate and to move towards those goals. Have intentionality in the Spirit, intentionality in the Lord, strength of will. Be disciplined. You know, I need to be disciplined. Brian, be disciplined. Have self-control. You know, I just had a situation today. I'm recording this at, I don't know, five o'clock in the afternoon right now. But I, I had a situation earlier today. It was, I, I think it was a bait. It was a trigger. It was a landmine. I could have used my tongue. You know, somebody just really said, somebody just was saying some things. It, it was a temptation. I won this one. <laughs> okay. This one, I won. I walked away from it. I let it go. You know, my attitude, I guess, is, Lord, you just take care of that thing. I'm not messing around with that. I'm not going to take my tongue and get off into some kind of a mess and spark something, get off into some kind of an argument. I'm going to stay cool, intentional, and disciplined in self-control, right? Paul wrote to Timothy and said, God has not given us a spirit of timidity and cowardice, but a spirit of power, a spirit of self-control. We need to be like some kind of a grandmaster, some kind of a, you know, some kind of a, a martial arts disciplined person, you know, some kind of a person who has their mind and their emotions in check. This time by the kingdom of God, by the spirit of God, right? And then and then use that fidelity with your tongue to do the good stuff, to give heaven instead of giving hell. I want to encourage you that we have rank in Jesus, we have rank in Him. We are joint heirs. With Christ, we have power of attorney. Jesus says, I give you my name. That means we can come before the throne of God. We can pray. We can speak to a mountain with his name, power of attorney, as if he's doing it, as if he's praying, as if he's taking that stance of faith. All of that is included in he gives us his name, power of attorney. You know, we do things on this earth in our legal system with power of attorney. Somebody gives us the power to to do business on their behalf. We take that power of attorney to an insurance agency or to, you know, uh, to another attorney or, or to, you know, some, you know, whatever the legal application may be, whatever the business is, right? We have power of attorney. Well, what about this power of attorney? What about taking the name of Jesus And going into the spiritual realm where the power is really at, that's what really shapes things and moves things on the earth. We are joint heirs with Christ. And so we just really, my friend, I'm just suggesting that we need to really have a royal bearing about ourselves and command situations. That Roman centurion in Matthew chapter 8, Jesus said, I've not found such great faith with anyone in all of Israel. He was not a Jew. You know, he didn't say Peter had great faith or, you know, the the priest and the Levites in Jerusalem have great faith or I've, I've seen this. It was this Gentile Roman commander of a hundred men in the Roman army. He was a God-fearing Gentile believer, a person of prayer. The Bible says he was a person who gave alms. 
I think it even says he was a person who financially supported the, the, the Jews or the synagogue or something like that. So this, this guy was, he had it going on with God and he understood authority. And when, and when Jesus says, okay, I'm going to come, I'm going to come and heal your paralyzed servant. He says, no, please don't come to my home. Just send the word, just speak the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority. I have soldiers, I'm under authority and I'm in authority. I have soldiers unto me. I have servants. I say, do this and they do it. Come and they come, go and they go. And Jesus looked at him and says, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. Why? Why? What did he understand? He understood alignment. He understood that he was under authority, but in authority. Can I suggest to you that as a Christ follower, you are under the authority of God, but you are in authority over all things. Jesus has given us his authority. He said that. He says, all authority has been given to me and I give it to you. He said, I've given you my name as power of attorney. And so we need to have a royal bearing in command situations. Don't let that mountain stare you down. Don't let it stare you down. Okay, I'm, I'm just kind of thinking that I'm looking in the mirror as I say this. We all have mountains. Praise God for them because the mountains call up our authority. The mountains place us in a challenging situation that gives us an opportunity to rise up in authority with royal bearing and command and, and authoritative speech. You are the head and not the tail. You are above only and not beneath. You have rank in Jesus. Start pulling your rank. So can I encourage you, my friend, to invest quality time, get into the rudder zone, if you will, R-U-D-D-E-R, that rudder on a ship, get into that helmsman mode, invest quality time. You say, I don't have time to do that. Listen, we need concentrated quality time where we shut the door, get into the secret place like Jesus talked about, Begin to pay attention, take inventory, do an audit, pay attention to the issues of your life. Begin to pray, get into the word itself, pick up the voice signature of God with his word. That sort of conditions our inner man, the word, it conditions our spirit, our inner man, and we begin to pick up the voice signature of God more clearly, sort of like a tuning fork, but also begin to pray, begin to journal Begin to write words down, statements of affirmation, statements of goals and objectives. Pray and then speak. This is what I call dropping your rudder beneath the waterline and beginning to register prayers. Remember, prayers are eternal. Once you utter a prayer, it never dies. It's set before the throne of God as incense eternally. It's there. I mean, what more... High leverage activity. This is a way, way, way beyond Netflix, right? I mean, what more high leverage activity can we engage in which will bear fruit? And so we say, I don't have time for this. I'm struggling to find time to get into that, that secret place. Listen, we don't have time not to do this. Do you realize how much time we're wasting and how much, what the price is to not do this? Because things get out of control, things begin to consume us, hellish things begin to flare up, and then we got to put all these fires out, we got to tend to this, we got to do... That's what saps time and energy from our lives. But spending time with the Lord builds energy into our lives. It builds and multiplies time and leverage into our lives. So just beginning to pay attention, beginning to get into the word, pray, beginning to write some things down, begin to pray and speak and register these things with the Lord in prayer and declaration 
I call it rudder time. And then with that, my friend, just a word of warning, because once you begin to do this, once I begin to do this, I tell you there will come an effort, a resistance will rise up to distract us. You think about that word distract to get you off your track, if you will. There will be resistance. There will be temptations. Something will try to come and shove you around. And what, what I'm saying is watch your daily speech. Not only get into that secret place with the Lord and do that intentional time of rudder time. Throughout your day, throughout your week, watch your speech. Don't dissipate your rudder time by getting off into negativity by getting off into speaking things that are not in alignment with what you just spoke over there in the secret place with your rudder time, right? This is a tactic of the enemy. He'll try to dissipate the power of our tongue. He understands the power of our tongue. And so, you know, as I think about this for myself, it's like, Brian, I mean, you're exercise fidelity with your tongue. I mean, Jesus said, if if you say yes, then let it be yes. If you say, Brian, you're going to be there, then Brian, you better be there. Don't say one thing and do another, right? Let your no be no. If you say no, don't end up saying yes later. I've tried, you know, I tried to teach this to my kids. I think I did. I think it registered some because we got good results with it. But when they were younger, listen, I'm, I was kind of joking with them really, but not really. Okay. If you know what I mean? I say, Hey, when I say something, it's like, God, don't come back to me later and act like I didn't say that and try to change me. I'm going to say it once. And if you come back to me later and try to challenge me on it, then you're going to hear this little speech from me that I'm like God, if you will. Okay. Uh, please don't take that wrong. But when I say it, that's it. I'm not, it's not, I'm not, don't negotiate with me later or try to act like I didn't say it. And we had pretty good success with that. Okay. I'm not sure if that's all right to do it that way, but that's the way I did it. And seemed to experience some measure of success with that. At least, all right. Proud of everything that's going on. Thank the Lord. I'm grateful. Let your words Don't let your words fall to the ground. The Old Testament has a phrase about a prophet. It says that none of his words fell to the ground. We need to have that, you know, so so like we take that resolve. So like when we're up against a mountain and we're speaking, we've conditioned our inner man that, you know what, what I say is going to happen. It's going to happen. That's the stance of faith that we need to be in. Jesus identified faith as first in Mark 11, when you say to the mountain and you believe that what you say will happen, then it will happen. Well, if I've conditioned myself to not believe what I say is going to happen, if I say yes, and then it ends up being no, or if I say no over here, then it ends up being yes, or if I say I'll do this and I don't do it, you know, I, I just break down the strength of my words. I break down the fidelity of my tongue. This is just sort of a spiritual warfare issue or a very practical life issue that Preserve the fidelity and the integrity and the wholesomeness of your tongue so that when you are praying and when you are speaking to the mountain and when you are speaking over that person who is sick and when you are resisting the devil, whatever it is, then you believe that what you say is going to happen. Mark 11. I just want to encourage you not to let your words fall to the ground. Okay, well, this is episode three in this series on Achieve. I just think that words are very powerful related to goals and intentionality and in achieving higher things in that next season that the Holy Spirit has for us. Thanks, friends, for rating, reviewing, and following this podcast on iTunes or your favorite listening app. 
As I mentioned, it's now on TuneIn, a collection of podcasts, radio shows, music shows, news, and sports. Excited about that. Whenever you do that, whenever you rate and review, it helps others discover the content on these platforms to see if it's a good fit for them, okay? Appreciate you sharing this podcast on social media, email, word of mouth, pigeon, smoke signals, however you want to do that. It's all appreciated. Visit JesusSmart.com to see the show notes page for this episode. You can leave thoughts and questions there. There's a contact page to reach out. And often, more often than not, you'll find additional resources on a show notes page for an episode to dive deeper for the topic of the day there. Plus, you can sign up to receive that free weekly email I mentioned, Next Level Ideas and Practices to advance as a Christ follower. I'm always open to correspondence. If you're on that list, you can hit reply, email me. I'm always open to that. Love your feedback, love comments. If you have questions, thoughts, advice, ideas, please feel free to share. As always with Jesus, our horizon is smart. It's a royal narrative. You're above and not beneath. You're the head and not the tail. Make it a smart week. All the best until next time. (laughs) 